What is up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in again. I'm Charlie Witkowski. That's Nick Veronica, and this is the Process Podcast. We got a great show coming at you this week. Uh, we're going to talk some Buffalo Bills and what they can do on the offensive side of the ball um, in free agency, as well as take a pretty broad overview at uh, their offense and who can maybe go, who can maybe stay, and what we expect to see them do this offseason. Uh, we're also going to talk some Sabres, and Nick, you know we got to talk some Jeff Skinner talk because that is all the talk right now on Sabres Twitter. The dark place we know is Sabres Twitter, yes. You know, I'm starting to dislike Sabres Twitter. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan. I'm just yeah. not a fan. I mean, both words. I don't know what, what you like about either one at this current point in, in history. You know, there's there's Sabres and there's Twitter. It's like gross, gross. And you combine them, it's like, who would want that sandwich? I will say, though, for what it's worth, the J.J. Watt conspiracy theories on Twitter is <laughs> it's worth it alone. <laughs> I'm enjoying that. Honestly, it's, it's uh, as long as people don't take it too serious because the mm-hmm. people who start taking it seriously, like then they start taking other things really serious. And then that's how you get people yelling about jet fuel can't burn hot enough to melt steel bean and like that kind of crap. But yeah, I think, you know, it's funny when JJ Watt tweets something uh, yesterday, he tweeted mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell, which is like <laughs> the, the one thing everyone remembers from high school. And uh, somebody fa- said that there's like a mitochondria industries or something that's based in Buffalo. And like mm-hmm. people are just having fun with it. And I'm enjoying the lighthearted discussion as long as it stays lighthearted. My favorite one was mitochondria has as many letters as Buffalo Bills. And that means mm. he's going to Buffalo. Yes. And I'll be honest. Um, I think JJ Watt would absolutely do some like wacky, wacky subtweet of, of his new destination. I even went through his feed today. Sometimes he tweets in lowercase letters. I was like, I wonder if you put like the first letter and you put them together to spell anything like that would be incredible, but uh, nothing that obvious. I will say before we, before we move on and I don't want to talk JJ Watt the whole time, but um, (laughs) my favorite one was um, them saying that mitochondria is mostly the color green and green Bay you know, they're, they're the color of the uniforms is green and they're green and they're in Green Bay. So that means that he's going to Green Bay. Like just things people are breaking down. These are way more exciting than, oh, I saw J.J. Watt at Barbell. Yeah. Yeah. People also clearly a made up tweet and people are like, oh, he's in Buffalo. Oh, my gosh. It's like, yeah, you no, really think they're Buffalo bringing someone in the person to sign right now? Yeah. Maybe. They, I mean, he's big enough. Maybe they, maybe he would still come in, but it's also like he's not like Mario Williams signing this monster deal. Like he's probably gonna sign a shorter or mid length deal. It's not gonna be like an eight year anything wild like that, where he's gonna be like wanting to check out the city. He's been around. He knows what's what it's like. Well, you want to hear something funny? I one year we were in Buffalo visiting and we were leaving, and Chad Pennington was at the airport, and I started texting like all my friends and cousins in Buffalo, like. Buffalo signing Chad Pennington. Chad Pennington's going to be a Buffalo Bill. I still don't know what he was doing there. I don't know. Because at the time, was still signed with the Jets. So I don't know what he was doing in Buffalo. Maybe a player was getting married or something. But it was definitely Chad Pennington. And I got, like, super excited for a mm. mediocre quarterback signing at the time. No, Buffalo, like, you don't have a layover in Buffalo to anywhere. No, no, no. Maybe it was coming from Canada and Buffalo is just cheaper to fly out of. I don't know. 
But speaking of Chad Pennington, Chad Pennington plays offense, and we're going to talk about the offense today. Uh, so uh, Nick, that, that was just... like a JJ Watt level leap there. I appreciate. <laughs> it. I see what you're doing, and I like it. I appreciate it. I appreciate you, and I appreciate that you appreciate it. <laughs> so um, let's start with the offensive line because I feel like that's where the most questions are right now going into the offseason is what is Buffalo going to do on the offensive line? Um, first and foremost, you think um, what are they going to do with Feliciano? What are they going to do with Daryl Williams? Um, and those guys in particular because those are the two guys whose contracts are currently up. They did come out this week and say they are going to let uh, Matt Milano test free agency, which kind of took him by surprise. Uh, I still think that maybe they try to transition tag him and still allow him to go out there and sign and see what he can get from another team and then still have that ability to sign him if they want. Uh, similar to what Miami did way back when with Charles Clay, which obviously Miami did not sign Charles Clay as he became a Buffalo Bill and had one decent season. Um but at the same time, I'm, I'm curious to see what this offense is going to do now, now that that seems to be the focus. Offensive line needs to be one of the major focuses this offseason. Yeah, let me nit- nitpick on one thing you said real quick on Milano. Are you referring to the John Morrow story? The AP yes. reported? All right. Just uh, you said they're going to let him test free agency. My reading of that was, I mean, almost the exact same. But I th- Milano has decided he would rather test free agency. It's I, I don't I didn't get the take that the Bills were like, we don't like this guy. He can just leave. I think it was Milano said, I want more more money. I'm, I'm totally nitpicking here, but just wanted to clear that up. Sorry no, to do I, that and to I, you. I'll be honest. I didn't read the whole story. I just saw – I obviously saw the tweet, and the way the tweet read to me was that Buffalo was just going to let him – not necessarily let him walk, but they can't come to an agreement on money. So Buffalo's kind of telling them, hey, go, go see what you can get and yeah. maybe circle back to us before you sign anywhere and see what we're willing to do. That I, that I don't know. I was yeah. saying that Brandon being I mean, in the front office. My, my take reading the story was Milano's camp was basically saying to the Bills, pay us more money because we can we think we can get more somewhere else. So I think they were saying pay up. That was, that was my take on it. Um, all right, we're going to get to offensive line now. I'll stop interrupting you. Tell me, first of all, maybe this affects their plans here. What do you think they're going to do with Cody Ford? Where do you see that? I've been, I don't know if you've been seeing a lot of what the cover one guys have been tweeting out. They've been tweeting out a lot of uh, videos of Cody Ford playing left guard. And it is amazing to me how comfortable and how dominant he looks at left guard. And if you're going to leave him there, then I think you're that I don't think that's a bad decision. So you think, I mean, you, um, what am I trying to say? So your take is that he's best at left guard, or you think the Bills will put him there? I'm just trying to judge. Like, I mean, you think, yeah, like, like, like you think I, just I think, because he's better, though, or because you think the team believes in him there? I think he looked more comfortable at left guard, and if that's what the coaching staff saw as well, I'd rather leave him for for the struggles that we saw him have over the over two seasons. If he's going to come in and he's going to look comfortable at left guard, then I'm going to leave him at left guard. Okay, so fair enough. I, I personally think from center and the left side is already shirt up. I don't see any changes. I know a lot of people are calling for Milano – or I'm sorry, for uh, – still on Milano talk – calling for Mitch Morris to possibly get cut or restructure his deal. I'm all for that restructuring. Would, that would, am, yep, that would save some money. I am not for cutting Mitch Morris. I think he's a very good center, um, You know, if not the best center in the league. Um, but you never know with Brandon Bean and what he's thinking. 
All right, so let's focus our talk then on the right side. By the way, you make Mitch Morris a post-June 1 cut. Really, you, you, if he's post-June 1, you can spread the cap hit out, of the dead cap, over two years. That is an attractive option if they do want to cut him. But I think they want to keep him around and restructure. So let's talk right side of the line then. Are you looking to bring back Adara Williams, who, by the way, low-key started every single game last year and – it feels like an umpire. If you didn't notice the right tackle, probably because he wasn't getting beat too bad. Um, I was actually shocked when I I'm like, wait a minute, he started every game, and I just like like didn't put it together until way late in the season. But um, is he someone you'd like to bring back? I'm getting the the impression that he's going to cost more than they want to spend, and they are basically telling him, "Congrats to you, go get paid." You know. I'm okay if they want to bring him back. Um, I thought he had some very good games against some very dominant uh, uh, players this year. Um, you know, I don't want to move Cody Ford back there. Uh, Sports Track has him at a uh, market value of seven point eight million. Are you willing to pay pay him two years for seven point eight million? He is. Don't forget, he is also only twenty nine years old. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's tough, but I mean, you're really, for the Bills, you're really at the point where you just want production more than you need a bargain. So if you can get that production from somewhere else, of course, you take it for cheaper, but you really need the better performance. So seven, I mean, I was thinking he might even get more than that in a free agency. So if it is seven million, I could probably live with seven for a guy who's, you think is is capable and already knows your system but um i do sort of wonder if this is a target for them in the draft early on i feel like if if you lose milano your target in the draft needs to be that linebacker position because i don't know if you can go out and find a linebacker to come in and fill that like like we said last week you have to find someone who you can substitute for milano as opposed to just finding someone to fill that spot it has to be, you know, an upgrade at that linebacker position if you're going to get rid of Matt Milano. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't see you getting that in the draft. Um, the, my my one thing with free agency, and I could be wrong, because it is such a different year and the cap is so much lower than what people expected. Um, I wonder how many teams are really going to take a run at you know at certain players, certain positions. You know, we talk about Matt Milano maybe going out to get more money. Um, you know, but does he get more money in the in this type of year? Like it's a strange, strange year. It's a different year, different type of offseason than what we've seen mm-hmm. again because of the cap situations. Right. Um, so I don't know if if Daryl Williams is gonna go out and get more than seven and a half, you know, seven point eight million. I would take him at that. Yeah, I, I, I don't really mind that. I think with the cap situation, what you're gonna see is that the top end guys get paid. And the, the cheap guys are always cheap, and it's really going to be like those middle guys that kind of get screwed. So I guess it, it sort of depends how you evaluate the market. If you like, I suppose there's a chance if you look at inside linebackers, Matt Milano might be one of the better inside linebackers available. I mean, I and I would agree with that. I mean, he's definitely one of the better ones. And same thing with, you know, looking right now on Sports Track at the, at the potential free agents at the right tackle position. I mean, you know, um, Darrell Williams is still one of those, one of the top free agents available. And then you talk about John Feliciano as well. John Feliciano is one of the top free agents available um, at the guard position. 
and they have him at about an 8.3 million over four years. I don't know if I want to invest that much money in, uh, you know, in my guard at that point. Hmm. And, and I thought Feliciano had a good season. I'm not taking anything away from him. I thought he had a good year. Um, but I don't think he had a great season where I would pay $8 million. The only The only way I could see Buffalo bringing him back is strictly because he can play center if something happens to Mitch Morris. Mm-hmm. And he, is he the one who tweeted that he like really wants to be back and almost implied he would take less? Yes, and I think Darrell Williams did as well. They both did. Really, I saw that on on Feliciano. I didn't see that on Williams. I'm actually gonna look that up right now. Unless I'm confusing the two. I mean, I saw two big big guys on you know in Bills uniforms tweet something. So I thought I thought it was Jerry hmm. Williams. I could be wrong. Um, but no, I mean, I if you can get Feliciano at a cheaper price, he's also only 29 years old, so you could get a couple more years out of him. Um, you know, I do feel like there's a little bit more competition there at the guard position. Um, you know, you do have Brandon Sharif available currently. Joe Tooney is available as well. Uh, Nick Easton's available from New Orleans. I mean, those top three guys right there alone. John Miller is also available. I don't want to see Buffalo bring John Miller back. We, t- we tried this. Mm-hmm. Don't bring him back. Um, but I, I feel like if you could – and Brian Winters is another one that Buffalo's letting go. Um, I don't have any interest in bringing Brian Winters back either. So I do feel like Feliciano – could fit that role. Um, but it, it's so hard to say what they do right now in the draft because, Nick, as we've talked about early on in the season, this team doesn't have a lot of holes. There's no big holes on this team. They just have little holes that they got to share up. Now, losing a guy like Milano at linebacker is going to take up, you know, that's going to create a big hole. But also, you know, losing guys on your offensive line creates a big hole. And, and mm-hmm. the lack of depth at offensive line also mm-hmm. creates a bit of a hole. Um, I mean, if you had a pick between one of the two, who who would you bring back, Feliciano or Daryl Williams? I would say Feliciano because I expect him to be significantly cheaper. If they happen to be around the same price, I think Williams is uh, starting at a more valuable position. I think you could probably find a right guard for cheaper, but given that Feliciano is versatile and likely to be cheaper, I would lean toward him. I also feel like you don't get rid of Quentin Spain if you don't think that you have a legitimate chance mm-hmm. at getting John Feliciano back. That's a good point. Because Quentin Spain, I didn't think was playing bad football. I mean that that cut still surprised me. There was something going on internally there that we don't know about. Um, at least that's mm-hmm. what I believe. And I'm kind of surprised at the fact that uh, you know nothing's really come out about it. Hmm. Um, but I, I I do find it strange that they let him him walk and they're not a hundred percent sure on what Feliciano can do. Um, the only guy that I miss that, you know, I, I, I kind of thought that they gave up early on. I was real high on when he was in Buffalo was um, uh, Wyatt Teller, who has turned out to be a very good guard there in Cleveland. Uh, he's a definitely guy they could use right now. Yeah. That was surprising. Honestly, the, like he seemed like he was going to be a career backup if that with the bills. And then, you know, I flipped the channel and there he is on Cleveland playing an important role. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so, so Nick, real quick, what do you see them doing on that offensive line? I mean, you asked me about Cody Ford. I think Cody Ford is comfortable and going to stay on that left side. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Dean Dawkins isn't going anywhere. What do you think is going to happen with Mitch Morris? And do we see a whole new right side hmm. 
in Buffalo next season. Um, all right. If I am predicting here, I think that they are going to ask Mitch Morris to restructure and he will do that and take less money next year and he'll stay. Um, I'm going to say we do one, at least one of the two guys is back on the right side. And there's just, there's like some little part of me that wonders if they still want to try to make Cody Ford happen over there. Um, I don't know. He's he's only been a pro for two years, right? So is he mm-hmm. is he he's not totally lost yet. He's still super young. You could have a whole off season to to work with him. You could say, well, COVID really threw things off. Now we're gonna work with I don't know. I'm like they they really want it seemed like his definitely his first year and even the start of last season it seemed like they really wanted that to happen. Um and I'm just curious if uh if they are still dreaming on that possibility. It's very possible, um, but I'll, I'll be curious. See, I, I, I think offensive line for me at least is definitely my big focus on on the offensive side of the ball right now. Obviously, we want to talk a little bit of running back, Nick. Yeah, and tight end um, too. Yeah, what, so let's start with running backs because obviously um, I thought Singletary started out the season fairly well. Obviously, didn't end the season very well. Um, and Zach Moss wasn't light years better than Singletary. Even though I offered to trade you some ridiculous trades in, uh, and then uh, you didn't, didn't, and then do I did it. not. Yeah, I, I after I uh, I put down Set the on the podcast. Set on yeah. the podcast. You were gonna. I'm not mad about it though. Don't <laughs> um, what what do you see Buffalo doing there at running back? Are they going? I personally, I see them going and getting a guy in the draft. Um, I hope not a. If they take a running back before the fourth round, I'll be thoroughly disappointed. Did you also say that the last two years? I believe so. <laughs> no, I, no. The, the 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 year Singletary was taken, I thought they definitely needed a running back. Uh, last year with Zach Moss, I didn't think so as much, but I really don't know if there's, you know, a stud running back. I, I don't want to see them take one in the first round because, like we said, they have holes they need to fill, and running back's not one of those holes. I don't really look at anyone in free agency that really jumps off the page to me, other than maybe a Matt Breida who they could bring in. I, I, I've always been a fan of him. Um, unless you can go and get a guy like Leonard Fournette, but Fournette's going to cost you some no, money. But I you don't want Fournette. I just feel like he'd be such no. a great fit in the system. Um, but what do you th- – I, I, at the end of the day, the only other guy I could think of, and maybe I'm just, just being a homer here, but the one guy that I would like to see Buffalo draft at some point is, is, is Jared Patterson because I think he does have the talent. <laughs> yeah, but, he d- – I, all right. Well, here, here's what I think. So the Bills, the last two years under Brandon Bean in the drafter, uh, third round, took a running back, Devin Singletary. Last year, third round, took a running back, Zach Moss. This year, uh, third round, uh, take a running back. I don't I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to make a – pull out a name here that's going to sound super unfair. Uh, you're, you're, if you do take a running back – or sign one, like you're looking for the Christian McCaffrey type. And I, I know that's an insane comparison, but you're, you're basically looking for a discount Christian McCaffrey who is as valuable in the passing game as he is in the running game is the point I'm trying to make. So I did even see, you know, after the national championship, you know, somebody always has a good game and they're like, Oh, where this guy's a first round running back. And maybe he is, I don't know that people are sliding under the bills. Do not draft a running back in the first round, please. Please don't. Okay. 
please, please, don't. just just you have so many other needs for the, if you're a Super Bowl team like the Chiefs, may, and may, like thirty is the spot too where you could maybe take a running back there, but you you need someone who can catch passes out of the backfield. That was uh, that's a very valuable position in today's NFL that the Bills did not have really last season as a threat is somebody who can catch passes out of the backfield, beat, beat their, you know, beat the linebacker and, and gash them. Even Sean McCoy was occasionally lining up as a receiver just because he had that skill set. And um, Zach Moss looks decent to me right in between the tackles. Devin Singletary has some flashes. I actually read in the Buffalo news today that he was credited with the same number of like broken tackles uh in his second year as he was his first year so if he if you have good run blocking which i think was the biggest issue in the running game last year i think singletary can still be effective but you got you got no one in that group who can really catch passes and be a threat in the passing game so if you're if you're looking at it as a by committee approach which is how they are going to look at it i think that's the skill set you're missing in that group so nick you brought up christian mccaffrey and I know I'm, I'm not saying Buffalo's going to do anything with Christian McCaffrey, so I don't want people thinking I'm crazy. But there was an article today on NFL.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw that. Buffalo, you know, about tr- players who may be traded, may not be traded, and Christian McCaffrey to Buffalo was something that was mentioned. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it would take to get a deal done for Christian McCaffrey. I don't I don't know if Buffalo would, would do it. But it's Brandon Bean, man. I, and and from what we've seen the last few off seasons, I don't put anything past that man. Mm-hmm. Um you know, maybe he gets a bit of a discount from from Carolina. Who knows? It would just be another Panther added to the Buffalo Bills at this point. Well, the thing uh, is, like, like they're so talented on offense already. Like, I don't know how much of the ball is is there to go around. You know, like the Panthers. I don't know if you saw them last year, but McCaffrey was like in and out of the lineup, and they actually did pretty decent without him. And it was like because when he's in the game. He's so dominant, and you basically keep giving him the ball, but it almost makes you a little bit predictable because they know who to key on because he's going to keep getting the ball. So would you really bring in an asset who's going to have 10 to 15 touches a game, giving up what it would cost to get a guy like that? I don't know that that's a good value for the Bills. Well, let me ask you this then. You talk about the guy that came in to uh, relieve Christian McCaffrey when he was out hurt. That guy was Mike Davis. Mike Davis is also a free agent this year. 28 years old. He's had about six years experience in the league. Um, put up some decent numbers, nothing, you know, eye popping. He's kind of been more of a journeyman type of player in this league, but is he a guy that you would want to see what you can do for him, do, do for your team? I don't know a ton about Mike Davis without looking and all I would say, can he catch passes? Um, let's see. It doesn't, not too much about his. Uh, so, so this season he had, 59 receptions for 373 yards, two reception, two receiving touchdowns, and one fumble. Um, All right, so he seems to have that. Given that he split time, basically, that's that's pretty good. I mean, I think that's what you're looking for. 165 rushes for 642 yards. Hmm. I mean, in if, if 15 they, games he played in, if they do go the veteran route, I mean, that's possible. I think that they they seem to like this. Keep drafting a running back. You get cheap labor in a short-lived position. I mean, I would expect them to probably draft someone unless they really like a veteran out there. But um, again, I don't know that there's, there's enough of the ball to go around. Like you're, you're not drafting a guy to be Derrick Henry, you know, handing off 30, 30 times a game. That's not going to happen in this offense. 
No, but I also think you need to go get a running back that can get a running game going because you need to take pressure off of Josh mm-hmm. Allen. You can't you have do. Josh Allen throwing the ball 50, 50 you times You do, and I'll say it again. My my take on that is the run blocking is what's going to open that up more than having a running back back there. Okay. The best guy in the world can't can't get open if there's people in the backfield. And I don't know. I think, I think that's where they really missed it this year. Like, you don't need a dominant running back necessarily to have a good – good enough running game the bills are never going to run like the titans can run but they can run effectively enough to counter their passing offense yeah yeah uh, i'll be curious to see what they do uh i think a big part of that run blocking though came from the uh lack of blocking from the tight end position and dawson knox obviously losing lee smith this year uh which sounds like he is still retiring hasn't officially announced it mm-hmm. um he's probably getting cut if he doesn't so yeah, but Lee Smith is also a guy who is very good at run blocking, which is why he played as much as he did when Buffalo needed him to. But who do you look for right now in free agency? They're not bringing back Tyler Croft, it sounds like. Tyler Eifert was just cut today by Jacksonville. Is he a guy you look at? Rob Gronkowski is a free agent. Uh, do you say, hey, Rob, <laughs> come come home for, for a year or two? Uh, Hunter Henry is also a free agent. Um you know, the, those guys in particular, your your favorite player from Canisius College, Chris Manhurst is a free agent. Chris, uh, love Chris. Chris is more of a blocking tight end. He did have one uh, very famous touchdown when the announcer called him Martinez instead of Manhurst. <laughs> yes, um, he did. Yes, he did. That was unfortunate. Uh, I think Robert Tunyon from uh, Green Bay is available. He had a ton of touchdowns last year. A guy I kind of like from uh, Tennessee, Johnny Smith is a free agent. I expect he would be a little bit more expensive. Um, I mean, a lot of the guys you mentioned are guys that have injury history too. So, um, But those Tyler, seem to Tyler, be the guys that, that Bean goes after in free agency because they're guys that he feels like their training staff is good enough to keep them healthy in Buffalo. There is. Mark on had a great article recently actually about uh, the – the Bills have had very few man games lost relative to league average the last couple of years with this new trainer. Good to hear that. Still, man, if you look at Tyler Eifert's career and you think you can fix him, I don't know. I'm not putting stock in that one. Gronkowski would be hilarious. Um, I don't think he's going anywhere without Brady, though. So no, that's going to no. be. That's his best friend. No, that would be so much fun. Like the guy's such a goofball and it's like past the point where you're like making fun of him for being dumb. You're just like, no, that's just Gronk. Like imagine, imagine that kind of life where you just like, don't worry about important issues that are ravaging this country. And you just, just in, in Gronk land all the time. That's gotta be amazing. You know, Gronk leaving Brady would be like you going to do a podcast with someone else. It just wouldn't make any sense. Um, wow, I might retire for a year before I do that and then come back to win a championship. <laughs> as long as you come back on, on my podcast, it's totally fine. Um, no, I, I like Johnny Smith as well. Um, you know, right now his market value on sports track is 8 million a year. Uh, I think they have him listed for about four years at 8 million. Mm-hmm. Would you be good with that? Man, everyone sounds good until you think about having to pay them. That is a lot. But uh, given that Brandon Bean like went out of his way to mention tight ends, maybe that's something he would consider. Um, I would sort of wonder if you're looking at like an in-between option there. Gerald Everett from the Rams is a free agent. He should be, I would think, cheaper than – hopefully cheaper than Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith is good, man. Uh, let, Gerald- me, let me throw this name at you real quick. Mm-hmm. Jared Cook. How old is Jared Cook? 34. 34. 
Um, Gerald Cook is a proven guy. Um, old, he didn't have a slower lot of, injury risk. Um, he didn't have a lot of yards last year, uh, mm. 504 yards, but he did have seven touchdowns. And he, he can did. also block. Okay. Um, and I feel like he already Char- you know, character guy. He is, you know, he's already coming in, and, and, and I mean, just by stats alone. Now, obviously, who knows how he's used in this offense, but mm-hmm. by stats alone, he's already coming in, providing an upgrade over what Buffalo had sure. in Dawson Knox last year. Sure, and I'll, I'll make sort of the same point about running back with tight end. If they had, or like, you know, just say hypothetically that they, they traded for like Travis Costers, I don't know. I just go. Who's going to get the ball? Like, I want Diggs having that many catches every game. Cole Beasley is open that much every game. You know, you have you have those two guys getting the ball. You probably have Gabe Davis taking on a bigger role next year. Like, where where are these extra ten targets a game that w- that a top tight end really get? Like, where where are those coming from? I don't. I don't really even know. think it's. A, I don't even think it's a matter of where are the targets coming from. I think it's a matter of look. You you know what. Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen can do with each other, right? Like, well aware. We know how dangerous of a threat the two of them are. I think it's a matter of providing another offensive weapon for Josh Allen for when Stefan Diggs is double teamed or mm-hmm. Cole Beasley is not able to get open. Um, you know, you have to be able to have those those. By the way, that's options. never. That's never. I love watching that guy. I just sometimes Cole, who, like Cole when Beasley? It, Yeah, I just watch yeah. Cole Beasley like right off the snap. He dude just gets open. Amazing. Sorry to interrupt you there. No, I mean I agree with you 100%. Cole Beasley just finds a way to get open every time. It, 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 there's no doubt about it. Um even with a broken leg. He's so fast off the line. It's crazy. Broken leg. Uh, he played through. Unbelievable. Um you know, but don't forget he's got this season and next season. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Andre, then he becomes available. What what do you do from there? Obviously, I don't want to see them go out and spend crazy money if they go out and get a veteran guy like Jared Cook. I think Jared mm-hmm. Cook can help this offense, but don't go out and pay the guy, you know, eight million a year. I mean, you know, don't give him some crazy number just to get him to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, yeah. even Gronk right now, they're saying Gronk for about eight and a half million for one season. I don't know if I'd want to spend that much on Gronk. Maybe Gronk no. gives you a discount, but he's like you said, he's not leaving Brady. <laughs> No, I mean, I mean, given that Bean said that, it was interesting to me because the guy's, on average, going to get what five targets a game, maybe so, you know, mm-hmm. maybe maybe more. Like, you're going to pay how much to get that out of the guy? Like, you, I would think that you are looking for like that veteran guy who's a bargain. Like, maybe maybe Cook can be that guy. I don't know, but I think you're looking for somebody a little bit cheaper. Given that I don't expect them to have eight catches a game like some of the top tight ends really do. Would you spend the money on Hunter Henry? No, because Hunter Henry is I don't at least I don't think not having seen a ton of the Chargers like doesn't seem like a guy who's really met his potential yet. He was supposed to be like the next Antonio Gates like for like 5 years in a row, right? Am I thinking of the right guy? I mean, yeah, I mean he was supposed to be and I thought he looked very well when he had or very good when he had um Philip Rivers there. And then Rivers lost his tight ends. It was a different story this year with uh, with the quarterbacks there and and hmm. and in Los Angeles, almost in San Diego. Sorry, Chargers fans. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't either. They they want a lot of money. Um, I mean, he got ten million last year. Uh, Sports Shack's probably gonna you know about ten and a half, eleven mm-hmm. million for him a year. Not really looking to spend that kind of money there. Um, Nick, before we move on 
other things we're going to talk about. I want to finish talking about the last two positions we haven't touched on. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see Buffalo doing anything at wide receiver this offseason? Um, not really, to be honest with you. I think the, the biggest question is, is John Brown. John Brown is definitely a guy who's on the bubble because of his, his contract situation. And I think he's most likely going to get cut because it's, it's, uh, is it nine million, seven million, nine million, something like that? Like, yeah. like he's, he's one of the, one of their top cap savings. If they, they cut him, they open up a ton of space. So maybe he, if he loves it here, maybe he wants to restructure, but I would, think he could he could get similar to that on the open market so i don't know that he really wants to take a discount that bad so i think he's like that's probably the biggest move in that group is cutting him and then i don't know what they're going to do with uh they look for you know a veteran guy who's a red zone target who's big like just just for injury insurance or um who was who did kenny stills that they brought in at the end of the year if if he stays around he's certainly a name who has been thought of highly at least before in the nfl i mean if he's he's cheap he's something you could have in reserve but i don't i don't think that's a really big position of need for them so let's talk about the other two wide receivers who are coming up in free agency the uh, guy to watch out for this year who was on ir last year i still say watch out for isaiah hodges i think he's got a a future somewhere maybe in a gabe davis type of role how gabe mm-hmm. davis came in last year um he's been injured he's a- right he was hurt. He was on IR this, this most of the season. Um, he got hurt early on in training camp. So, um, but watch out for him. I, I think he could be an up and comer on this offense. He, again, he could play that Gabe Davis type of role, come in when you need him to. Maybe not be that number two guy. I thought Gabe Davis looked fine in that number two receiver role this year. Um, but I'll be curious to see what what they decide to do there. But the other two guys, Nick, I think we have to talk about um, in the wide receiver room is going to be Andre Roberts. Obviously, getting older, but still very good and very efficient returning kicks. Mm. And Isaiah McKenzie, who Buffalo used most time very good as a gadget guy, but seemed mm. to get away from him at times. Is he a guy that you'd be willing, either one or, or either one of those guys, are you willing to let walk? All right, glad you brought this up. My personal take I love Andre Roberts as a special teams guy. I think almost every game last year he did something made a play on special teams that really either turn the momentum or set them up in a nice spot or something. I don't know how valuable, like you would just think that is where it's like, that's, you know, it's one play out of the whole, the whole series on the return, but that guy was dangerous every time he touched the ball. And uh, he's a guy I would want to see them bring back. So I think um, if you had to choose one or the other, I would go with him. Honestly, like he, he's very rarely on the field as an actual receiver, but I think he's one of the best in the league at what, at, at what he does as a returner. So I would like to see him back. Um, I think McKenzie, like Brian Dable kind of likes using him. I think, I don't know what, what he's willing to pay to have that. Or if he views that as they can draft a guy in the fifth round, who's just fast and, and can do all that. I don't know how they feel about that, but if they like him, I mean, some people also responded to my tweet about Roberts uh, earlier this off season. They said, no, let Roberts walk and just make McKenzie the returner. Like that's, that's an option if that's something the Bills want to do. If that's financially, if that makes sense, like that could totally happen too. So I would personally, I lo- love having Roberts around, but um, it's not. I mean, if the Bills think McKenzie can do what he can do, that's I don't know. I don't. I trust them on special teams for sure. So I'm kind of in the same boat as the people on Twitter, Nick. I'm 
I'm okay if you want to bring Roberts back. It, it, I don't think it, it hurts you if you don't. Um, you know, he did have some big returns when you need him to, but I thought he also had moments this season where you're just yelling at the TV, like, take a knee. Yeah, he take had a that knee, one a bad fumble too, right? Yeah, and he had a bad fumble. Um, and, and truthfully, I thought, not for what it's worth, I don't want to sound like one of those idiots, but I'll say it. Isaiah McKenzie did have the only – special teams touchdown uh, <laughs> this season. So, I mean, McKenzie does have potential as a returner. And if you're able to keep him around as a returner, I don't want to spend a bunch of money. I mean, last year he was still making, you know, uh, 950K. I mean, if you can get him for $2 million, sure, I'd take McKenzie. He's only 26 years old. He's much younger than an Andre Roberts who's 33, going to be 34 by the time the season starts. If you can just swap that salary and give him what you're paying Andre Roberts, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm I have nothing wrong with with keeping Isaiah McKenzie. And truthfully, I have no problem if they want to keep Andre Roberts. But the problem with Andre Roberts is he's one dimensional. You mm-hmm. can't use him in the receiver spot if you need to. McKenzie can at least come in, and if a guy like Cole Beasley goes down, I'm comfortable enough putting McKenzie in the slot and have mm-hmm. him having him take over uh, that Cole Beasley role. Yeah, that's totally fair. I think uh, just just my take. I like Sean McDermott seems pretty willing to bring in guys who are only who are very good at special teams, and that's their core contribution. You'd like Tyler Manikavich. They were pumped to bring him in from Pittsburgh, and it's like, yeah, he's gonna be like a really important special teamer, and then you know maybe he'll get a couple snaps at linebacker, and they were pumped for that. So they seem to me to be willing to do that. Like if they think Andre Roberts is one of the top guys in the league. I don't doubt at all that they would be willing to to pay for that. I I yeah I, I I'd agree with you as well. I mean they they definitely value special teams, so I'll be curious to see what they do there. Um, but you know those those guys who are your backup quarterback or your backup receivers need a backup quarterback to throw them the ball in practice. Mm-hmm. Buffalo's current number two quarterback is uh, going to be Jake Fromm. Does Jake Fromm going to be the backup going into the season? Or does Buffalo go out and sign a veteran backup like maybe a Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, who maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick takes a bit of a, a pay cut because he said Buffalo was his favorite city that he's ever played in, and he's played in a lot of them. Um, or do they just stick with Matt Barkley and bring Matt Barkley back? Mm-hmm. Don't forget, before before we move on, Fitzpatrick's 39 years old. So let's not – he did mm-hmm. not look 39 this year. I, I will give no. him that. But even being 39, I think he still wants to start somewhere, and I think there's an outside chance New England brings him in to be the starter. So I, I don't, think I, so. I don't think. I, so. hey, stranger things could happen. But I, I think he's looking for somewhere he, where he could at least compete for the starting job. So I don't know that he would want to be a backup. Would love to have him if so. I just don't know if that's gonna gonna shake out. I will say I'm majorly down on Jake Fromm after. He, he basically didn't have a rookie year. He was totally sequestered from the team, like preparing in case COVID hit the team. So I don't, I would not feel safe at all if he had to come in and save the season or anything like that. So to me, he's still kind of the third string practice, practice squad guy this year. And then it just comes down to whether you like Barkley or not. And Barkley doesn't, like just just the thought of him doesn't inspire confidence, but then he has had pretty good games when he comes in. So he a couple years ago he beat the Jets pretty bad. He 
torch Miami in the second half this year, week 17 when he came in. I don't know. It like depends how the 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 Bills be uh, excuse me, how the Bills view him internally if they like that continuity. I would feel a lot more comfortable though, given that they are in the Super Bowl window. If they had um, a better backup, I know we talked about Nick Foles a couple of times in this show. I just think given what you're looking at salary wise here, like even a good backup quarterback still makes a pretty good amount of money. So if you can bring Barkley back and, and keep that price tag down, that might they might just settle for that. So I want to give you three names here. And I want you to tell me if you think either any of these three names uh, could be Buffalo's backup quarterback. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll name all three of them. Then, then I want your answer. Andy Dalton. Okay. Uh, Mike Glennon. Nope. Don't like that guy. I already don't like Mike Glennon. So he's out. Mike Glennon is <laughs> out. Not, not even. Okay, fine. We'll replace Mike Glennon with Blaine Gabbert um, or Blake Bortles. Huh. Um I mean, in my head, you're basically asking, is this guy an up, like a clear upgrade over Matt Barkley, who already knows your system and has the relationship with Josh? So, and these guys, these guys have all been starters somewhere at some point. Um, you know, I, I don't want to see Buffalo go with too young of a guy either. Like, I don't want to see a Nick Mullins back there. No, 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 no. If, if you're going to do it, you want a veteran guy who can like help teach Josh Allen something. So, Andy Dalton is interesting. Interesting to me for that reason. Didn't look very good with Dallas last year, but their team was a mess. Um, remind me who the other guys you said were. Uh, so I said uh, Andy Dalton, mm-hmm. um, Blaine Gabbert, and Blake Bortles. All right, Blake Bortles, I don't really know that he's an upgrade over Matt Barkley at this point. Okay. Blaine Gabbert, you are talking about Super Bowl champion Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> posted the ballsiest Instagram post of all time, Blaine Gabbert. And I, all right, did we, did we? Did I talk to you about this in the last episode? I forget. What, okay, so if, if just in case you missed the last episode, Blaine Gabbert, who like you haven't thought of in, in years, posted a picture right before the Super Bowl. Uh, apparently, he's on the Buccaneers. <laughs> he posted a picture of him and Tom Brady in the tunnel. Real G's moving silence like lasagna. Uh, the rap line, as in like. Uh, oh, you haven't thought about me because I've been moving in silence and I'm hustling. I'm about to win the Super Bowl. And it was hysterical because that guy sucks. Play snap all year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just like – so I He knew like, his role. Man. He knew where he stood. He did, but I'm like, you know what? Imagine the absolute confidence you would have to have to post <laughs> that caption. And I'm like, you know what? You might need some of that in the locker room. <laughs> it would definitely—I feel like he definitely brings some laughs to the locker room. No, um, like like just that unshakable. Con- or I haven't. No one's thought about me in five years. Yeah, I've been moving. And so I'm, I'm like, like that unshakable confidence. Like that—that that could be infectious. Maybe you want that around. I don't know. I can't get that maybe, out of my head. Maybe. I mean, I I don't hate any of those guys. Um, you know, I've heard Cam Newton thrown around. Obviously, I don't want him backing up Josh whatsoever. I feel like you're asking for trouble at that point uh, from Cam more so than anyone else. Uh, Blake Bortles, though, does interest me because he did yeah. have, he didn't have a lot of good seasons in Jacksonville, but he did have one good year, and he did take him to the AFC Championship game and did not look bad that whole season and beat Buffalo that season in the playoffs, don't forget. Um, Man, I'd rather I, have Tyrod Taylor back than Blake Bortles. Really? Yeah, at least he's like got the similar skill set as Allen where he could you know still be mobile. 
Yeah, I, I mean, there's a bit difference in age. I mean, Matt Barkley is definitely not mobile. All right, but listen, uh, if we're talking about like a 2017 playoff game that ended 10 to 3, I don't want either of those guys on my team <laughs> to be asked. That, that's one position that I will quietly be paying attention to this offseason. And I think that's something yeah, that a lot of people point. have forgotten about. Um, it's because for as much Josh Allen likes to run and as little as he likes to slide when he runs, backup quarterback is very important. Yeah. I, this offseason. I meant to bring this up earlier when you were talking about running backs. Like, you got to think too, part of the plan factors in that Josh Allen is really the RB one. All right. Like yeah. he's, <laughs> he's the guy who they kind of run with all the time. He really is. I mean, at the end of the day, he is the, he is RB one and it depends what they do with that running back position. Um, Hold on but- real quick before we transition. Let me ask you one question here. Yeah. A position we haven't mentioned yet is fullback. The bills have always had a fullback mm-hmm. under Sean McDermott. They released Patrick DeMarco last year. He's, he right was hurt. So. He was hurt, and he had an injury settlement, I believe. Uh, and I don't know if this is related or not. The running game did suffer. Do you think, just knowing Sean McDermott's background, is is fullback a position that they try to bring back this year, or is that just banished to the nether worlds of the 1990s and Brian Dable's offense is laughing at me for saying this? If they're going to go get a fullback, there's two guys I want them to go get who are available. Oh, you have names already. Okay. I have names already, man. I'm ready to go. I'm not I'm not slacking tonight. Uh Anthony Sherman, who was the fullback in Kansas City. Um, who he is 33. You know, all, all the fullbacks this year on on the list are fairly fairly up in age, minus Anthony Finkster from from Tennessee. But I, I could could live without him, but he did have some decent receiving yards uh and can be used in multiple ways other than just as a blocking. Uh, blocking guy, but then I also look at the fullback from San Francisco, and I don't know if he makes it to free agency or not. I know San Francisco has a little bit of cap trouble, uh, so maybe. Um, he's a guy that worried me this past season when Buffalo played them. Uh, he did have two rushing touchdowns this year, uh, only 64 rushing yards, not much, but two rushing touchdowns, four receiving touchdowns. This is Kyle. I don't know how to say his last name. Judge. That's why I said the San Francisco running back. <laughs> uh, back. You know what? Now, now I feel stupid. I'm going to look it up so we say it on the air. I don't want to like screw guys just because they have weird lists. Or it's a great. I should even name. say weird. I, say I should say difficult to pronounce names. I will be politically correct. Uh, Kyle, it's a great, Pol- great Polish last name, but you know him in particular. He's a guy that I look at. Could provide another weapon. Yeah, and, and, and I know you talk about Nick. Oh, how many guys are, are you going to get the ball to? He's just another option for Josh Allen as well. If you don't have that pass catching um, running back, well, hey, maybe you got a pass mm-hmm. catching fullback. If you don't have that pass catching tight end, you got a pass f- catching fullback. As long as Josh Allen isn't heaving the ball 50 yards downfield in double coverage, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's a guy, though, that can come in and up your production in many ways. San Francisco mm-hmm. had a good running game with the multiple running backs that they had this year. They had a good running game last year with the multiple running backs they had last year. And he didn't miss a step. And I feel like the fullback is very important in Sean McDermott's offense. All right. I should know how to say this. I'm, I'm part Polish. It's it's spelled J-U-S-Z-C-Z-Y-K. Kyle Juszczyk. Juszczyk. Why? I almost yes. said the- I almost said use a chick, but that was wrong. The use pronunciation check, guide right. says Y O O Z dash check. Use check. 
Use check. Okay. You learned okay. something on the process today. Okay. Well, you know, I, I would I would take Kyle Use check in a heartbeat. In a in a Polish yeah, minute, <laughs> I would take Kyle Use check. You know, hey, you know what? For for what it's worth, I'll recruit him real quick. Kyle, listen to me. Buffalo's a great Polish town. Head down to Broadway Market, get the best pierogies <laughs> of your life. You heard it from from me. I'm a Witkowski. I'm a Polak, so I know all about it. Um, but let's talk about Nick. First, let me tell you about Ethos Performance Rehab. We got to get our sponsor in. Got to give some love. Let me tell you about Ethos. They are the premier physical therapy service to athletes in Buffalo. Their out-of-network status allows them to work one-on-one with every athlete every session. If you were looking for injury treatment, maintenance, or performance training, you will fit right in with the Ethos team. I've been to Ethos. They're out of Mustache Barbell and Fitness at Kenmore. Cannot recommend them high enough. If you want to take your game to the next level, if you want to come back better from an injury, you got something that's bugging you, go see Ethos. Speaking of people needing some rehab time, Charlie, sorry, <laughs> I missed go. your reference there. Okay. Uh, Jed, Jed Skinner, $9 million, healthy scratch twice in a row for the Sabres. What are you thinking about that? Twitter, you, you told me, I've seen your tweets. You, Twitter is all hot and bothered. You do not agree with them. So, okay, so I'm going to try not to rant because I know I went off on a bit of a rant last week. So I'm going to try not to rant, and please stop me, Nick, if I start to. All right, take a deep um, breath first. Well, listen, all the Jeff Skinner fans out there, y'all are acting like Jeff Skinner is the second coming of Gilbert Perot or Danny Briere <laughs> or Chris Drury. He is not. He is it's not, in my opinion, it's not like he – lit the league up before he came to Buffalo. Truthfully, I think he was more of a Buffalo killer than what he was um, a, a, a all-around player in the league. Everyone forgets, and I said it this week, everybody forgets that Jeff Skinner in 2018, 2019, when he had his great 40-goal season, uh, you know, that everyone thinks all of a sudden Jeff Skinner turned into a, a solid goal scorer. Everyone forgets that he was on pace for 60 goals that year and completely fell off in the last month of the NHL season when his team needed him most and could have maybe made a playoff run. They weren't too far out at that point. That was also the year that they were in first place at one point of the season. And they completely fell off, and Jeff Skinner could not get it going in the last month of the season. And in the last 17 games, he had five points in the last 17 games. Two of those goals came in the last game of the season, and that got him to 40 goals. I don't think Jeff Skinner is as great as everyone wants to wants to sit here and try to tell me that he is. He's an expensive player that Buffalo overpaid for that, truthfully, yes, coming off of 40 goals, maybe Buffalo could have kept him around, but he's 28 years old. He's under contract till he's 34. You can't really buy him out because his contract's just going to kill you forever, much like the stupid um, uh, Cody Hodson contract and and what's his name, the defenseman. Who, Christian Erhoff getting paid to, you. what, 2028? Ridiculous. Um but what are, what are they going to do with Jeff Skinner? I don't know. I'm fine with them sitting on the bench. The team looked a lot better in the last two games for what it's worth. I thought they lost a heartbreaker against um, the Islanders the other night, and they played very good last night against, uh, and granted, a very bad Devils team, but they played very good last night against the Devils. Does Jeff Skinner get back in the lineup? I don't know, Nick. What do you think? Yes. Yeah, so, so Jeff Skinner, even when he's not scoring, still creates good chances at five-on-five. Five. He's – you know, if, if you're a stack guy, he's one of the higher producers of expected goals, which is basically just he creates shot opportunities from good areas on the ice. 
And the fact that he has not been finishing them is super frustrating because throughout his career, he's been, he's been a pretty good finisher. Um, I don't know, man, when you, I didn't have a problem with taking him out the first night because it's like, you know what? Number one, the season is so compact, especially with, with their COVID break. Like people are going to need a break. This guy is struggling right now. Just, you know, sure. Let him clear his head to then get it back in. The fact he was out two games in a row, not, ooh, not like what, you know, is he going to make it three games in a row next week? The guy's making 9 million. He's still, he's not finishing, but he's still contributing. Like, is he doing something wrong that the coach is asking him to do different and he won't do it? Is he sending him a message? I mean, at some point to me, it's almost like, you know, he's, he's, he's doing the right things and you can't, you can't stay cold forever. And it's almost like, you know, you got to shoot to get hot and shoot to stay hot kind of thing. Like keep, keep letting them fire. And I almost wonder like, man, like Eichel looks broken out there mentally, like almost like Jack, just, just shoot as many times as possible. Skinner, just shoot a hundred times. It'll start going in. Don't worry. If Jack is hurt, maybe he needs to go see our friends over at Ethos and they can maybe help get him back into playing shape. Wow. Um, I don't know if they do mental health, which is probably what Jack's <laughs> going through, being like, get me off of this team. But he's, I, I, I truthfully, and I said this to you last night, and people are going to think I'm absolutely crazy. I feel like this team is just not – they're not far off. Like, they're not a bad team. They just can't get bounces to go their way. And last night against New Jersey, they did get those mm-hmm. bounces. You know, they got that great goal from Cody Eakin, which – in all these games prior to this year, does not go in. They got that great tip from um, Sam Reinhardt against the Islanders uh, that usually does not go in. Um, as bad as Skinner is playing, he does generate a lot of penalties. You know, he generates them. He's not taking them. He's generating a lot of penalties. He does want to get under guy's skin. Um, and because his feet are always moving – Guys are always trying to get that stick in there, and he's going down, and and, and he's, he, he's he's putting Buffalo on the power play a lot, which I think is just as valuable as scoring goals. Yeah, overlooked How, usually because we can't. It's hard to track, but that is right. very valuable. However, when you're paying a guy as much as you're paying him, and people want to again sit here and say that he is a goal scorer, I just don't see him being that pure goal scorer that everyone thought he was, and I don't see him being that guy on the Eichel line who's going to come in. He, he's also not a defensive guy. He has never had a season, Nick, except 2018. He had was his only season where he was not in the minus category in the plus minus. And do you know what, and do you know what his plus minus was in 2018? Uh, I'll just guess one just because it's zero. 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 I was actually close. So he really wasn't plus. He really wasn't minus. He was right there in the middle. Um, so I, and that's something that I feel like Ralph Kruger values on this team more so than goal scoring from some of his forwards. It's guys who can get back and play defense. It does make me wonder a little bit why is Skinner playing on that fourth line, that third and fourth line, because he's not a defensive player. Mm-hmm. But with the guys that he's with on the third and fourth line, he is generating more chances with those guys than what he is playing up with Eichel. Yeah. And what you, he would, is playing- you would hope playing against other fourth lines. And that's the thing, too. You're putting a guy who, again, everyone wants to sit here and chalk up as the next Drury or Briere, and you want to sit here and say that he's such a pure goal scorer. You're going against other teams' fourth lines. He should be putting the puck in the net at that point mm-hmm. and finding those opportunities, and he's not. The only guy that's making me more mad than him, and I don't understand, and I'm still not going to sit here and blame Ralph Kruger. So if you want to hear Fire Ralph Kruger talk, you're listening to the wrong show, folks. 
I'm not ready to fire Ruff Kruger. I don't think Ruff Kruger is the problem. This team just needs to get their crap together. Um, but you look at Kyle Okpozo. He's a guy who, again, you're paying a lot of money to. You brought him in as he was the coveted free agent the year that you signed him. Mm-hmm. You went out, you got Okpozo, and he has been non-existent, I would say, 75% of his contract here. Yep. He's just every game. He's just kind of there, and you're like, "Hey, what, what, what's, what's twenty one doing? That's kind of weird." What's you know, it's funny. The ranting Ron show was tweeting out during the game, like, "Does Akposa look faster?" I'm like, "I don't know what you're watching, but he definitely does not look faster." He, I just thought he looked like he had cement in his skates. Um, but how, how you leave a guy like Akposa in and bench a guy like Skinner is beyond me. I truthfully feel like Kruger is just trying to use Skinner as the example right now. And say, look, if you guys aren't going to produce this way, then you know you're mm-hmm. not going to play. And maybe Skinner comes back and it lights his ass on fire and he gets going. I mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, for me, if 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 I was in Skinner's position, I'm coming back and I'm I'm hungry and I'm ready to go and whatever I need to do to keep myself from eating um, hot dogs in the press box, I will do. <laughs> you know, keep me away from those those damn hot dogs. Um, but we'll, well see. You, you, yeah, let me say like, you keep you keep referencing Skinner as a goal scorer, and I just I don't know maybe just hockey has like a connotation about that. I don't think of him as a pure I, I, goal. I don't either. Scorer. I don't. I'm going off of what the lovely Sabres Twitter is saying about okay. Jeff Skinner, and okay. Sabres Twitter wants to sit here and try to tell me that Jeff Skinner is a goal scorer and he is not a goal scorer, and I right. absolutely can't stand Sabres Twitter right now. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like. He's not a guy like. Nathan McKinnon is a goal scorer. David Pasternak is a goal. Like those guys kind of create and can take the puck and, and do it themselves. To me, Jeff Skinner is a smart player who is an opportunistic finisher who knows how to get to the right spots and is maybe has more hockey sense than some other people, but is, you know, it's kind of good. If it's, if it's not going the right way for a while, it's going to, it's going to look bad when, when it's not going in for him. Um, well, and Nick, you, you mentioned yeah. Nate McKinnon and, 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 and David Pasternak and those two guys. I think those two guys are better than Buffalo's top player and Jack, Jack Eichel. Almost a Jack Skinner. I'm that fired up about They might as well be the same player this season. Um, Jack Skinner. Wow. That's Jack Skinner. What a name. Jack Eichel, though. You know, and I tweeted this out as well. You, you know, and we talked a bit, little bit on it last week, but everyone thought that. Jack Eichel's going to come in and be that constellation prize. You know, I don't need Skinner. I don't need – man, I keep calling him Skinner. You're just mad a, today, aren't you? I'm just upset, man. You know, I'm tired of watching this team lose, especially for how good the Bills were this year. Um, I, I I don't need Eichel to come out and be Connor McDavid every single game. You know, but I need him to be McDavid-ish 85% of the season, and he's not. You know, when, when is the last time – let me ask you this. And this can go for both players. When's the last time you saw Skinner or Eichel just completely dominate a game? Like a whole just, game? Just Eichel come out and just make people look stupid the way that Pasternak does on an almost nightly basis, the way McKinnon does mm-hmm. on almost a nightly basis, the way that McDavid does or Dreisaitl does mm-hmm. almost on a nightly basis. Yeah. Definitely not this season. So it has been at least one calendar year since that last happened. In my honest opinion, the best player on this Sabres team right now is Sam Reinhart. And you need to find a way to go pay Sam Reinhart this offseason because I'm tired of you paying him one year here, one year there, and you know, just keeping him around. You need to find a way to go pay mm-hmm. him 
some bucks to keep him around and keep him floating because truthfully, if he goes, Skinner's going to not, or uh, Skinner or Eichel, both of them, they're not going to know what the heck to do without Reinhardt because this team is so much better with Sam Reinhardt. Let me ask you the most confusing thing to me. Every time there's a power play, I go, oh my gosh, I got to find Olofsson. I got to watch for Olofsson. He's going to do something cool. And he does all the time. And then when it's not a power play, I don't friggin' notice the guy the entire game. How does that happen? I asked you this last night. I texted this to you. Yes, and I'm now asking you on the podcast can, to share you, your thoughts that you didn't you tell, tell me, last me night. Can you tell me a player that has been so dominant on the power play the way that Olsen is and so non-existent in five-on-five? Five? Like, I can't think of any other player, at least in Buffalo history, that has been that way. Uh, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there are plenty of it. Like, it sounds like a common I mean, I think that you would you know, get into. You know who I think of, truthfully, when I think of Olsen? And I know it's not quite the same comparison, but I think of Alesh Kotalink and how solid he was in the shootout, <laughs> but just could not ever do anything five on five. But as soon as the shootout started, like, oh, Kotalink's in, that's a goal. He was a power play guy too, right? Yeah, he was a power play guy. Um, but I, I don't know. I, for, for him to be playing on that first line, um, you need to get more out of him. You know who I think is going to get up to that first line, though, and take over that Olsen spot before the end of the season is going to be D- Dylan Cousins. I think Cousins – you know, is slowly earning his role on the first line. And I wouldn't be surprised if he gets up there and he's able to take, uh, take that number one line spot from Olison. but we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know what to expect. I got a quick question for you because I thought about this, you know, this, this week as well, you look at the bills and people can sit there and say, man, I love this player. Or I love, you know, I love Josh Allen. I love Stefan Diggs. We talked about how much fun this team was and how, much in love with this team everyone was this year. When's the last time that you were just like absolutely just like in love with the player? For me, I go back to thinking Briere and Jury. Like those two guys, like, man, I just loved watching Sabres play because I loved watching Briere and Jury. Even when Briere left Buffalo and went to Philadelphia, I was still, man, Danny Briere, man, they, I, I just really enjoyed watching them. Is there anyone on this current team that you are just like, oh, man, I, I, I love this, this guy? Like I, I, even if he goes elsewhere, I will still be a fan of this guy. Oh, no, no one like that, even close. I was, I was going to say like, even those old Sabres teams, like, like the guys lower down were still fun. Like Brian Campbell had such a, yeah. a, a support in Buffalo. Um, I mean, if you had to pick one guy here, like JP Dumont even, and I hated yeah. JP Dumont forever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you would, you would hope you'd we'd be saying Eichel, but we're totally not. Um, I mean, I'm not. I'm. I no, know where I stand with Michael. No, I mean, I mean, who who's left on this team right now? Like Linus Allmark. Like, is that where we're down to? Rasmus Dahlin's not really, not really taking the next step yet. Like, is you Sam Reinhardt? Like, what? Like, that's I'll it. Say one name, one guy that I and I've been high on him since co- his college years is Jake McCabe, who's now off the year. He's now off for the year, and you know he's in the last year's contract. So who knows if he even comes back next season? But Jake McCabe is a guy that I, I, I always enjoyed playing. I know he hasn't been great, mm-hmm. well, but I've always just thought that he kind of got the rod of the stick because he kind of got thrown into that number two D-line. Or I'm sorry, defensive uh, – still talking football. That, that The number two defensive position uh, a little early for my liking, but I, I still think he was a solid defenseman back there. Yeah, but it's not like you have warm feelings about, oh, Jake McCabe. It's like, oh, no, you, no. You, you're going to hear his name on a broadcast at 11.30 I'm not going to buy a Jake McCabe. I'm not going to buy a Jake McCabe jersey like I brought, like I bought a, a Drury and Briere jersey. Yeah, yeah I'm saying um, you're going to flip on a channel and, and it's a West Coast game in like four years and they say, oh, here's McCabe. And you're like, oh, hey, Jake McCabe. I'm like, 
yeah, I used to like that guy. And then, that, then that's it. Like it's, that's, that's where it ends. So some, I want us to think about going into next week. If, if nothing happens before then um, the guys over at SpectresHockey.net today did say that um, there's a rumor going around saying that Brandon Montour is on the trade block for Buffalo, that Buffalo has made him available. He is only 26 years old. So he's still young Buffalo. I believe trade a first round pick for him or, you know, they trade a high pick and they traded, um, Brendan Gooley, who you know really hasn't worked out well in Anaheim either. Um, but something for everyone to think about going into next week's show is what happens with Brandon Montour. I don't think anything's going to happen within a week, but you never know. Um, so, Nick, before we go, I, I do have to give you my crazy, wacky super stat of the Ooh, day. I got one for you, too. You do? Man, I don't know. If, I hope mine is better. Um, <laughs> so... For my stat of the day, Nick, there is three players, and this is kind of a dumb stat, but there's three players in the league, in the NFL, who have exactly 25 career rushing touchdowns. Can you name those three players? Active players, you said? Active players. Hmm. 25 rushing touchdowns. E- exactly so. 20. I mean, now there's probably players with more. Quarter- sure. It's quarterbacks. I'm sorry. It's quarterbacks. Oh, quarterbacks. Uh, quarterbacks. Okay. Wow. Well, this is this could really be any veteran or a younger player who scores a lot. So, has Josh reached twenty five in his career? I would. Josh Allen years. is one of them. Yes, Josh Allen is one of them. Josh Allen has twenty five rushing touchdowns in forty four games. That's impressive. <laughs> Very impressive. All right. Um, let's Who see. Who are the here. other two? Like, I'm, uh, I gotta... I'll give you a hint on the second one. The second one um, is a player who may. Or may not be retiring this offseason. Drew Brees. Drew Brees is the second one. Drew Brees has 25 career rushing touchdowns in 287 games. Wow. All right. And then so this next one, 25 rushing touchdowns. You have to be a quarter a younger guy who runs a lot or a veteran who's just been piling them up. This quarterback has 301 games played in the NFL. 301 divided by 16, or we'll say 15. Maybe he got injured before. 300 divided by 15. That's like, hold on. Is it Tom Brady? It is Tom Brady. That say, like, that's a ton of games. Holy cow. <laughs> Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Josh Allen are the three quarterbacks in the league right now that have exactly 25 uh, career rushing yards or career rushing touchdowns uh, on the dot. Um, and real quick, too, Nick, before. Uh, we get your stat. I do have to say happy 10-year anniversary to the sole existence of the seams to win a Stanley Cup by Terry Bula. <laughs> oh, good times. It's happened. Good times. All right. Um, yeah, as long as we're giving shots here. By the way, Rasmus Ristolainen, get better. Sounded like his battle with COVID was awful. He's probably going to be out for a while. And yes. then, by the way, the Sabres already didn't have – a strong defense. Their best guy this year was Ristolainen, who's now out. Their second best guy, or best guy, depending on how you look at it, was McCabe, also out for the year. Will Borgen, also out for the year. Like, they, you're saying Montour's on the block. Like, they really need to add some mm-hmm. guys, and may, maybe they, they switch them off for a left-hand shot guy, but, man, that defense is in trouble. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we were talking Give me about your stat. The, all right, the Sabres being a little bit snake bit, guys who can't seem to finish yet. They hit an unbelievable amount of posts, don't they? This is yeah, great. Every it seems like every shot is off the post right now. Okay, I looked it up. Tied for first in the NHL, most posts hit. Jack Eichel five. All right, really? 
Yep. Okay, so it's Eichel and uh, Dreisaitl are first. Then right after that, tie for third, Reinhardt, four. Then after that, yeah, one more guy tie for tie for fifth, Taylor Hall, three. I was going to say, Taylor Hall, is, does that include the post he hit last night? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because he had a – oh, man, he hit that post last night. Um, the Sabres have 21 total that's posts unbelievable. Hit as a team this year. Yeah. That's unbelievable. I mean, again, that goes back to this team just not being able to finish. And look, man, as a guy who who hit the post in a game-winning goal situation in my lifetime. I was not uh, it. I know the story. I wasn't there, though. You were not there for that one. But, uh, yeah, yeah, on, on the breakaway, too. I, I still say the puck went in the way the puck bounced. But, you know, quarter we don't have other, Coach Bombay, a quarter of an inch the other way, and you would have missed completely. Yeah, yeah, you know, but I didn't miss, and I still didn't hear the end of it. But, uh, you know, I, 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 I don't know what – really what the team can do be, do different at that point. I mean, just don't hit the net. I will say this. Taylor Hall had a breakaway last night. He needs to do something. Like, he doesn't move the goalie. He just shoots. And I get it. Like, you know, they always tell you, shoot the puck. Don't try to do too much with it. But you got to get the goalie moving or something because he, he just – Shoots it right into the goaltender, the goal right in the middle. Like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, Taylor Hall has some unbelievable moments and then some like fouls it up with like a very head scratching moment. Like, he's been he's been an interesting guy to watch because you see the talent and then you just see something that he does once in a while. And you're like, like, what that guy was, was such a high draft that like this is Taylor Hall. Like, what, what is happening here? Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. I mean, I expect more of him. I do have a, a good friend of mine who's a big coyotes fan and he kind of said the same thing we've been saying like man i thought taylor hall was going to come in and be this dominant player and he's just not hmm. um, that's why he's been traded so often exactly exactly uh and nick real quick before we go uh you did mention ryan fitzpatrick going to the patriots if he goes to the patriots he will have played on every single team in the afc east it's gotta happen it's gotta happen and at this point sure let it happen i'm more <laughs> confident in beating uh fitzpatrick Twice next season, then then you know beating a uh, uh, a Garoppolo if he goes back there. You're such a Tua hater. You probably fear the Dolphins more with Fitzpatrick. I do actually. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Fitzpatrick's got more more. And, and did you hear what Devonta Smith said this 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 week? Nope. That he would rather play with Mac Jones than Tua. Interesting. I thought that was interesting as well. Um, but we'll talk some more football next week. Yeah, we got to talk about uh, – Offseason's rolling along. Yeah, we got to talk about should the Bills extend Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. And by the way, eventually we're going to talk about baseball. The Toronto Blue Jays, it seems, might have to still play some games in Buffalo this year if they're not welcomed back in Canada, and I am excited for that. And they may have fans because New York State has opened these stadiums to fans now. Very true. So it would be nice to get some fans back in uh, the stadium there for Blue Jays home games. Um and Nick, we we always got to touch on what we teased a little bit today. Got to touch on what it happens if Brandon Montour gets traded. What can Buffalo maybe get? What pieces could they be looking at bringing in? Um, and could anyone else be be shipped out? Trade deadline in the NHL is April twelfth, so you still got about a month and a half or so before the trade deadline um, in the NHL. But mm-hmm. free agency in the NFL does open March seventeenth, hmm. um, with teams being able to talk to players on March fifteenth. Maybe by next week. We'll be able to read all these cryptic J.J. Watt tweets, at least what we think is, is cryptic, um, and maybe J.J. Watt signs yeah. somewhere. 
if JJ Watt signs somewhere, we will have a show for you just on JJ Watt. If it's in Buffalo, if it's wow. not in Buffalo, I don't care. <laughs> we will do a JJ Watt special right here on the Process Podcast. Um, remember to always follow, like, all that good stuff at the underscore Process Pod on Twitter. Uh, give us a follow and a like wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Veronica, myself at Chawit68. And uh, folks, remember to always trust the process.